Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your week. And uh, wow, Merry Christmas season. I hope you are being uh, discerning and when you're out in public or observing the television commercials and the propaganda, I hope you are not falling for the happy holidays. Uh, Because you know you can do that all year round, right? You can say happy holidays in July. You can say it in February. You can say it in November, October, November. We can say it in anyway. So um, understand when we're watching some of these commercials, it often starts off by saying this holiday. Well, I'm confused right there. I, I'm not sure because I know they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Ninety uh, percent of the you know networks and the programmers and producers and and um, corporations. So what holiday are they trying to capitalize on? And why don't they mention it as a holy day? Because Christmas is a holy day. So just something to think about as uh, we kick off this week. But Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another day. We recognize your faithfulness. You woke us up this morning. And we also acknowledge, Lord, that your mercies are new today. Uh, We thank you for all the blessings that we have, for giving us everything we need for this life and for godliness, and we pray that we would be aware of the spiritual warfare that's taking place all around us and many of us in our lives. And Lord, help us to stand. Help us to put on the full armor of God and stand, because we know because of Jesus and his Holy Spirit in us, we are world overcomers. Because of Jesus, not in our strength, because we can do all things through him who strengthens us. We love you, Lord. We ask for wisdom in this day and time that we're living in and in this season that we're in, God. Help us to glorify Jesus by wishing people a Merry Christmas, by opening up conversations about what happens after we die and about eternal life and heaven and how we can get there. So help us, Lord. uh, Give us those opportunities and help us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit in those moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We are blessed to have back with us today Carl Gallops, pastor, teacher, former law enforcement officer, best-selling author, and he's a senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, and has been for decades. He also is a conservative radio talk show host, and man, he's busy. So Carl, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Hey, David, it's good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me, and and the blessing is all mine, brother. All right, awesome. Well, hey, first of all, what did you preach on yesterday? Well, what I preached on yesterday was uh, the third and kind of a part of a four-part series just on the whole biblical message of Christmas, going diving deep into the prophecies of the whole thing and uncovering some uh, amazing revelations that people don't usually think about. I told my church yesterday in my message, I was on uh, Matthew chapter 2 yesterday, but I started with Luke 1, then I went to Matthew 1, then I'm in Matthew 2. Next week, I'll probably be in Luke 2 and just uncovering things that most people never see or we don't preach, we don't teach. And I, and I said several times during the message yesterday, I said, this is not your grandmother's Christmas message. And they died and they died laughing at people. 
Yeah, people were telling me afterwards, said, wow, I never knew that stuff. I've learned so much. And so that always thrills me. But more than teaching so that people can learn stuff, I always, always, always do my best with God's help to, mm. to say it at the end of the message in my spirit, so what? So what if I've taught them stuff? What does it mean to this day-to-day -day life and yes. our relationship with Jesus Christ? And so Amen. I like to pull it together like that. So anyway, I, I preach from Matthew 2. So okay, anyway. Matthew 2. I want to ask you about something um, in Matthew 1. The first verse, yeah. it's fascinating. And I wasn't planning on, we, there's, there's other things, I, I, questions. We, but Yeah, we never, we never do what we plan on when <laughs> holy, we get together, ever. Holy never, ever. Spirit, Carl. <laughs> Um, so the the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the yeah. son of David, the son of Ab Abraham. Let's talk about, he acknowledges right off the bat in the Gospel of Matthew, he's going to say, here's the record. We're talking about generations. We're talking about descendants. The genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. Can you kind of share a couple thoughts on that? I, th I find it fascinating that Matthew opens up his Gospel with that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, the thing is, because over and over in the, in the Old Testament, see, there's so much, I've preached on this and taught on this, I've written to this, and it can get very complex, but let me be uh, as simple as possible for a radio conversation. Here. Yes. <laughs> but, but there are so many what we call compound prophecies, um, and, and that's a theological term, but it means that the prophet would start speaking about something in his life, his time, maybe some experience he was having, or something that was going on among the nations. And so his message was prep, was relevant to the day in which he was living, yet it was compounded by some vision into the future. And and a lot of these had to do with, um, you know, the, the, the coming of Christ, the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Of course, it wasn't called Jesus, but the Messiah that was to come. Uh, the return of Israel, all of these things are compounded within other prophecies. So this whole thing of the son of David, you see in the heart of the, of, of the Jewish people, at the very basic rudimentary level, their understanding of Messiah, Old Testament times, which still carries today, and which why so many have rejected Yeshua, yep. uh, Jesus, the Christ, their understanding of Messiah was that that David's throne, his earthly throne with an earthly person who was going to have this just power of God all over him was going to be restored. And this person, this king would finally restore Israel, would shake off the shackles of all of the of the imprisoning uh, nations, you know, like Babylon and Assyria and Persia and Greece and Rome, and that uh, Israel would once again be the prominent nation on the earth and once again, um, uh, you know, they would have the power and the strength and the blessing and the glory of God. This was their idea of Messiah, mm -hmm. um, which is why when Jesus came, the Pharisees missed him in the name of God, outside the temple of God, in the city of God. They crucified the Son of God, mm. and they thought they were doing God a favor. Yes. And they walked away from the cross, patting each other on the back, mm. congratulating each other that they had ridded the earth of this, of this troublemaker that was messing with their orthodoxy and their traditions. And so, so this idea of Messiah being the son of David, at the base level, they understood it to mean that God was going to raise up a king that would even outshine David, mm -hmm. and but he would come from David's line. 
and yes. that he would rule the nation, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, we have the whole revelation in Jesus Christ, and all of the scriptures that speak of this whole revelation were always there in the Old Testament. This is what I've been doing this Christmas season, is showing them these things, these hidden in plain sight, compound prophecy secrets of what God was doing. And all of this is spoken of by Peter when he speaks, when he says in Peter, the, the, the first or second chapter, I can't remember of first Peter, but he basically says it like this. He said, look, he said in ages past, when God spoke to, to the prophets, he said, and he said, even the prophets, even they long to look into the deep truth that, and I'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. the deep yes. understandings, the times, the seasons, when these things of the coming of the Christ would appear, but they had to understand. They finally had to relegate it to the fact that these prophecies were not for them. These were for ages to come. These were for a people yet to come. And, and then that's when Peter's saying, but he's, but it was for us. He mm -hmm. said, now we have the word of God made more certain, but he said, even the prophets didn't understand their own prophecies, yet they prophesied because they were given these unctions, these visions, these dreams, these directives from the throne of God. And then he goes on to say, even the angels long to look into this. Mm. In other words, for example, when, get, when, when, when um, the, the angel uh, Gabriel came, I start to say Gideon. I'm thinking, why can't I can't get that out of my mind? That's Gideon from Judges chapter six and seven. No, the angel Gabriel, that G word, Gabriel. Yeah. When he came to Mary and, and explained to her in Luke chapter one, what, what all was going to happen and her part in it, mm -hmm. I, I am convinced, and a lot of scholars have, have been convinced of this for ages. So this is not, you know, something I'm pulling out of my back pocket, but I'm convinced that Gabriel didn't know the whole story or the whole plan or every single detail. See, these things were hidden at the throne of God and, and they were on a must need to know basis. Gabriel went with the message he was given. And, and even when Mary was questioning him, well, how will this happen? I've never even known a man. He said, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He, mm -hmm. was, he was going all the way back to Genesis 1, where the Spirit of God ho hovered over the face of the deep, and then God spoke, let there be. And so Gabriel was telling Mary, the same way God created the heavens and the earth, nothing is impossible with God. The Holy Spirit will hover over you, and God will speak into your womb an embryo. And so Mary finally acquiesced and said, well, I am the Lord's servant, so be it unto me, whatever he says. And, and then I'm sure she, like any good woman, rolled her eyes and said, but this is, this is <laughs> going to be a mess. <laughs> Man, how am I going to endure this? But, but the point being, Peter sums it all up when he says, look, the prophets they, they knew somehow he was coming from the line of David. Mm -hmm. yes. And of course, we open the first page of the first book, Matthew, and we run into his genealogy showing that he came from the line of David. All right, so there's a prophecy fulfilled. Then you get a little bit further in the book, uh, the first chapter of Matthew, and, and, and you hear about uh, the, the angel coming to Mary and, and, and Mary being pregnant with a child, and she's a virgin. And it says, and this was to fulfill the prophecy of, or, or, or the prophet, and of course he's talked about Isaiah chapter 7, be, behold, a, a virgin will give birth to a, a son, and, and they will call him Emmanuel. His name will be Emmanuel, uh, God with us. So, I mean, the first page of the first book of the New Testament 
boom, boom, boom. Chapter mm. two of Matthew, mm. all through that entire chapter, four different times in chapter two, it said, and this is to fulfill what the prophet said, boom. And this was to fulfill what the prophet said, boom. And then it goes on with the text. And this was to fulfill what the prophet said, boom. And it goes on with the text. And this was to fulfill what the prophet said. So between Matthew chapter one and Matthew chapter two, you've got six Old Testament prophecies that are laid out before you, the genealogy being one of them. Hmm. Fascinating. It's, it's just amazing. It's, it goes into so much detail and so much depth. For those who say there, we don't have any evidence or we don't have the, like the fulfilled <laughs> prophecy, and I'm not even uh-huh. mentioning uh, archaeological digs, so tens of thousands yeah. that confirm uh, biblical events, people, places. Uh, it's just fascinating. But um, there's one thing I wanted to point out. You mentioned Luke 2, and what's interesting to me is when Mary's response, and we miss this, and so does the Roman Catholic Church. Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. And the fact is, Mary worships the Lord, and we all need a Savior, and so did Mary. But boy, we missed that nugget because of the the... I don't want to say worship of Mary, but they definitely uh, lift her up, and she's like a a co-redemptrix or co-mediator, and there is only one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. Carl, before we go on, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no, you're you're absolutely right, and and listen, I— Oh man, I have. Uh, I've, I've, it's not fair for you to ask me these questions and say we've got two minutes um, in, in but, thirty seconds or less. It, yeah, in, yeah, in ten seconds. Can you tell us the meaning of life? Uh, but, but you see, but, but I've been preaching and teaching and writing about this stuff for ages, so so much comes to my mind. And so, one of the things that I've been doing th- this uh, Christmas season is showing Mary and Joseph as real nitty gritty people. Yeah. You know, I mean, in our minds, we picture them walking around with halos over their head yeah. and angels following them around and singing and, you know, a light shining, the Shekinah glory accompanies them wherever they go. That's not the way it was. They were just like us. They were real folks. And they lived in a little teeny village of a 10 or 20 acres with a couple of hundred people mm-hmm. in an agri- agricultural society. They they raised the animals that they would work with or eat. They would raise the, 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 the fruits and vegetables, and that was their food. And it day, day-to-day grind of life and Joseph doing carpentry, all of these things. It was just hard manual labor. She was basically a farmer's daughter. Uh, he was a carpenter, and they were devout Jewish people. And living in a little obscure village, that's why we hear in the New Testament, you know, well, what good thing? Has anything good ever come out of Nazareth? And the reason that was said, it's not that Nazareth itself, it wasn't like it was Sodom and Gomorrah. What that means is it's just a little obscure nothing village scattered among dozens of others just like it. And Mary, in the eyes of the world, was a nobody. Nobody knew Mary. Except for the people in the village, hmm. Joseph was a nobody. I mean, we, you know, we have made them into godlike statuses, not well, you and me. But yeah, I mean, the, new, the nativity scenes. We make the nativity scenes. We give them the halos, and we put that yes. up on the, 
mantle of the fireplace. What's yeah. God? God is amazing. You know, I know Pastor Carl. You, you're a pastor and, and teacher, and it's just the way He chooses to do things. He confounds the ways That's of man or the wisdom of man by using someone like Mary, a little teenage girl from a very small village. You know, yeah. it's just amazing, just His work, yeah. and we could talk a whole hour on that. Yeah, well, and you know, but now he's graduated up and he's using people like David Fiorazzo and Carl Gallops. But back then, I mean, that's all he had to choose from was this. this. No, I mean, look, no, so so I get it. I mean, Mary and Joseph are exalted to this status. Yeah. And, and look at you and me. Listen, we know where we came from. We mm. know our humble beginnings. We knew we never dreamed that, you know, you would be on radio speaking to the world, the wonders of Jesus Christ, that I would be an author and a pastor and all over media speaking to the one we, mm. we know where we came from yes exactly. And i mean it, and, and i had an honorable profession in law enforcement for 10 or 11 years patrolling mm. and investigating crimes and i loved it but never in a million years <laughs> out of those humble beginnings who was carl gallops you know the world didn't have a clue who i was and i didn't care i didn't want the world to know who i was but these years later because i've been obedient to god now there are many many millions of people that at least know my name and i it, it, that doesn't mean anything to me. Sometimes people say, wow, what's it like being all over media, the whole world knowing you? And I say, well, here's what it's like. The whole world doesn't know me. There are 9 billion people on the planet and a couple million know me. So that, I mean, it's like, that's like nothing. <laughs> you know, that's how I keep it in perspective. But the point is when I'm out patrolling, you know, the streets at three o'clock in the morning, or when I'm working a, a murder scene or a rape scene, all these miserable, dark, demonic things that I was involved in and in trying to, you know, protect society. Nobody knew or who cared, or cared about who I was and what I was doing, except just for the little circle of people that knew me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it was with Mary and Joseph. Nobody knew them until they were totally sold out and obedient to God. Mm. And they weren't in it for the fame, and neither am I, and neither are you. It's just that when you're faithful in the little things, the Lord continues to use you, and he delights in using the weak, mm. the little, the small, the Amen. unknown, the nobodies, so that it confounds the wisdom of this world. Amen. Great words, Pastor Carl. Before we take our first break, we've got two minutes left. I just want to remind people of what you just said in that no matter who you are, your sphere of influence, there God can use you right where you're at, and we don't have yes. to have a major platform. Yes. We can just have a neighbor. We can just yes. have a, a trip to the grocery store. We can just have someone in need that's new at our church or whatever. There's so many that's ways, and, and this season especially— we need to be more sensitive. I'm preaching to myself when I say this. Yeah. <laughs> we must be more sensitive to gospel opportunities. And yeah. because our time is short, we know well, our so. time is short. Um, yeah. We were just you know, reading Revelation uh, over the weekend. Now, you at, mean at our church. life or the radio? Well, both. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, well, how many times does, uh, does it say the time is near? I mean, in, in yes. the book of Revelation, the time yes. is short, the time is near. When we come back after our break, Pastor Carl, you've got a new book coming out next month. I love the title of this book, Glimpses of Glory. We're going to some good stuff yes, to say about it. Yes, we're going to talk about that and I love there's a little descriptor on the back. One of the sentences says accompany Joseph and Mary on the arduous journey from Nazareth yep. to Bethlehem's manger and beyond. We're going to talk about that and much more with Pastor Carl Gallops when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We transition into a brand new book coming out, Glimpses of Glory by Pastor Carl Gallops. Yes, you can pre-order the book, and we'll give you that info in a minute. But uh, just, I love the title. Uh, You can watch and feel the biblical message of God's redemption. Um, It also talks about being present at the working of Jesus' miracles, uh, witness his baptism. You can discover the uh, revelations buried in God's Word for thousands of years, but seldom revealed from modern pulpits. Carl, there's so much to talk about, it sounds like, and I would just love to, uh, we'll have you on again, of course, uh, early in the next year, God willing. So give us a little a little taste, a little okay. teaser of Glimpses of Glory. Okay. Well, listen, the last several books, the last three books, and, and, and I mean, it seems like the Lord has really used all the books I've written, and I praise God for that. And I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm humbled. I'm blown away by it. It's surreal to me. I, I never dreamed I would even write one book, much less now a dozen. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and everything that comes with that. And it's just all the Lord. And so I want your audience to understand some of the things I'm getting ready to say have amazed me. And, you know, we've talked before about the supernatural hand over the book Masquerade and when it was written and then when it was published and what the cover looked like and what the title was and mm. when it came out and, and the things that are in that book that were so prophetic. I mean, it just blows me away. Uh, the, the next book after that, The Summoning, basically the same kind of thing happened. We're writing the, I'm writing these books right in the middle of or right before the whole COVID thing broke out. And I'm just trying to help people understand the times in which we're living. And I'm saying things in those books. And then when they come out, the things that I foresaw, I guess, or predicted, and I, and I don't write like I'm a prophet. I'm just writing what God's word says. Mm-hmm. And, and then I say, and it looks like here's where we're headed. And then when the books come out, we're already there. Or, or while they're coming out in the first year, those things start happening. So it's been very surreal to me. And I, and I think this is not because I'm such a great writer or such a godly up next to the throne of God man, and I pray I am, but I'm not saying that. I think it's because of the times we're living in, David. Mm, yeah. I, I think God is just using you, me, and others like us who truly do love him to really get this world. We're like Noah standing up on the ark he's building that can be seen all over the plains and people are coming to it. It's like Disney World to them, you know. What is this ship, this aircraft carrier-sized ship doing out in the middle of the plains? And they and they come and then Noah's up there preaching, you know. And I feel like that's kind of kind of who we are and what we're doing. So, so this book, Glimpses of Glory, it comes out January and it's the same thing. Now, I'm going to say some things that would sound self-serving, and this is why I set it all up with what I just said, but it's in writing. And and, and, and so I, I feel like I can say it. And I think that I'm going to, I'm saying it because I think this is just another foretaste of how God might have his hand on this book, brother. And again, mm-hmm. I give him all the glory because yeah, it's, it's so long. I'll just make it short. All of these books I've written, especially these last ones that I'm, I'm talking about, I just struggled with them. I mean, like more than even the first ones I wrote, I just several times I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. I would tell my wife, I just, I'm not interested in this anymore. It's just not clicking. 
But yet I knew I was supposed to write it and my wife would encourage me on, the Lord would give me strength and then I would do it. And then they would come out and people just all over the world, like, oh my gosh, this has changed my life. This has changed my understanding of the depth of God's word. You know, man, this is a download from heaven. How did this happen to you? I'm like, I I don't know. This is surreal. So glimpses of glory. Mm. I've had this idea for years and what it is, Two big things in all of the books I've written before that people gave me tons of feedback. They loved in all of my other books where I would have two or three or four or five chapters out of, you know, 40 chapters. All my chapters are like five pages each, but from to make it readable. But I would have I would have these three or four or five or six, seven chapters in each book that was a narrative form. It was like I'm getting ready to give all these theological details, but first let me put it in novel form. Let me take you on the road with Jesus as he's headed to the cross. Let me put you at the foot of the cross. I'm going to teach on the cross, but first let me put you there. Well, I had people write me and say, oh my gosh, sometime you just need to do a whole book on these biblical truths in novel form, like like put people third person, they're, they're there. And so I, I really studied on that for years, thinking, how would I do that? Man, that would be a huge undertaking. And then the other thing is I've spent so much time in my books helping people understand the biblical truth of interdimensional realities. When Jesus spoke to the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm. And that word literally means literally, and I've got all this documented in my books, it means the Garden of Eden. And, and I mean, that's the word used in the Hebrew. When the Hebrew is, when the, when the scriptures are translated into Hebrew, it says, you will be with me in Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. Hmm. And so, so there's, where? From the cross. When? That day. Immediately. What would he be? A ghost floating on a cloud playing a, a, a harp? No. You will have being. You will be alive with me in the Garden of Eden, which is just behind the veil, guarded by the cherubim. Since the fall, the book of Hebrews talks about everything just that's just behind the curtain, just behind the veil is the reality of everything. But out front is the fallen world in which we're living in. Mm. So I've written a lot about all of this from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible demands that we believe and understand from the opening chapter of Genesis that there are multiple dimensions of reality. Yet it never explains to us the scientific nature of it. Yet we live in the first generation to understand the 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 some of the deepest mysteries of quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and the understanding of the possibility of multiple universes and certainly interdimensional understanding. So so people said, you know, give us more of this, give us more of this. And then others were saying, give us more of this narrative stuff. So glimpses of glory. I said all that to say this, it's <laughs> like, un, it's like nothing else I've written before, except it's like everything I've written before. And what I mean is I put you in the opening pages is like reading a novel hmm. and it's in, and it, it, it is written like a movie. So it starts with Mary and Joseph looking at their newborn baby. And then it, morphs up 30 years to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Then he's on the cross and then it boom from there. It goes all the way back to the garden of Eden as mm -hmm. while Jesus is on the cross, he is in his mind going through why he's on that cross mm -hmm. and it goes all the way back to the garden of Eden. It comes all the way down through the scriptures, Genesis to the new Testament through history and has him back on the cross. Now, now he's, you know, now it comes right back to that and 
but but it goes through the whole journey of Mary and Joseph and how all that happened in Bethlehem and the truth about that trip, the truth about the birth that is not displayed in so many, you know, <laughs> preaching and teaching, and, but it's right there in the Bible. It's mm. in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the writing of the scholars. I, I bring you there. Then I bring you beyond that after the, the, the crucifixion, then the resurrection, then the birth of the church, then I bring you all the way up to John on the island of Patmos receiving the revelation, then his freedom and release from Patmos, and I tell you how that happened historically. And then you are with John in his house while he is on his deathbed breathing his last. You experience all of that with him, and then you are with John as he passes through this world to the next dimension, to mm. paradise, wow. and comes face to face with Jesus Christ. Wow. And so you're getting all these glimpses of yep. the glory of God's Word and who we are and where it's all headed. Mm, amazing. It sounds fascinating, and the release date is January 7, at least that's what's over on Amazon. Yeah. Is there an update to that, or is that accurate, Pastor Carl? So far, so far, that's <laughs> accurate. But but the one thing, do I, do I have a second to sure. tell you one more thing? Yeah. The thing is that I said this may sound a little self-serving, but I want your folks to understand this. So you can you can hear the excitement of my voice as I'm talking about it. This is not just another book or a movie script for the life of Jesus. Now, the life of Jesus is central from Genesis to Revelation. So, of course, it's about the the whole Christ event and why it was necessary. But this is what I just described. And and it and it it just undulates back and forth and it shows you by the time it's over it shows you all these interdimensional connections. Oh my gosh, I I don't have time to tell you all the interactions that there are between the demonic realm and the spiritual realm. And there, it's right off the pages of scripture. Exactly. And but but in there I'm revealing things that most of today's church have never heard or never seen before. And there and and I know and I'm aware as I'm writing that some people are going to say that the Bible doesn't say that. And then at the end of the sentence where I say it, there's a footnote. And if you follow the footnote, you go to the back of the book and it's like two books in one because there I'll show you the scriptures where it says it, Old and New Testament. Then I'll take you to a myriad of scholars, renowned scholars that saw it and said it. I take you all the way back to the first century, the early church fathers that wrote about it. And then I will do word studies. So there's like two books. It's, it's like the novel just telling you the story and immersing you in it. But then if you'll follow the footnotes, you'll go to the back and you'll see the scholarly backup for the whole thing. Hmm. But while I wrote this book, I sent the manuscript in, major publisher, uh, with the editor who's edited several of my books before, and she edits, I don't know, she's edited thousands of books in her editing career by her own words. And so I send it in. And usually I hear back from her in a week or so, just kind of her progress. Well, weeks went by and I didn't hear anything. And I thought, oh my gosh, they hate it. They hate <laughs> it. I mean, maybe this is too far out there, you know, and, and maybe they're talking to the publishers now saying, you don't need to publish this. You know what Satan will do to your mind, man. So I'm just, I'm just down <laughs> on myself. I'm thinking, boy, I have blown this. Then I get an email one day. I'm going to paraphrase it, but you you can read something she says, and I'll, I'll read it. It's just a few one sentence, I think. But but I get this email back from her, and she says, "Carl, I'm sorry for the delay in getting back to you." And I'm thinking the next sentence is going to say, "But I've been sick, or I've got COVID, or something," you know. And instead, she said, "I've just been reading it, 
she said, I, I can't even edit it yet. She said, I'm blown away. She said, this is just like changing my understanding of the depth of all of this. She said, it is impacting my life. And she said, and as usual, I still have a lot of editing to do with your work. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, Carl, you write so beautifully. And I say, no, my editor writes so beautifully. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I, I send her the idea and my mess, and she turns it into this awesome book. But anyway, um, so she says, no. She says, I've, I've never read anything like this before. That, she said that. Interesting. Now, and then she t tells me, she said, it's just, you bring it so alive. She said, now I'm going to start editing. Well, when it was over, she still gave it praises. And I asked her, I said, I don't know if I can even ask you this or not. Please, if you cannot do this, it will not hurt my feelings. But the, the uh, CEO of the publishing uh, company, I told him what you said. And he said for me to please ask you if you would give me an, a blurb endorsement that says a little something like that. And without hesitation, she wrote back, she said, I'd be honored. Hmm. So here's what it says. It's on the book's website. It says, the imagery in Carl Gallup's Glimpses of Glory is vivid and fresh. The truths that he weaves together are well-crafted and spiritually insightful. And the prose itself is just plain fun to read. Hmm. Then she says, in some places. <laughs> but it's deeply moving in other places. And Angie Peters, she wrote um, several <clears throat> big works with... PhDs, uh, The Life of David, Life of Solomon. She's been editor in Christian publishing for many, many years. And that was what she said. And so I said all of that. I know that sounds self-serving, but I just want your audience to understand that I'm blown away by it. I'm humbled by it. I think this was another download from 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 the Lord. And, mm. and I pray that God uses it to bless people's lives and hearts. So thank you for giving me all that time. And sure. thank you for letting me explain it. I like the way you put that, uh, another download from the Lord. Man, if we're led by the Holy Spirit and he drops something into our hearts, you know, and we're trying to walk in obedience to him, that he gets all the glory, yeah. then, then we yeah. have to take that step of yeah. faith, believing that, okay, this is from him, and I'm going to just uh, put my all into it. Um, we've yeah. got to move on to the next project, Pastor Carl, okay. because there are a few articles I wanted to uh, chat with you in the next segment about, but we've got uh, five minutes less, left than five minutes here, and you're also a part of a uh, DVD called The Great Delusion. Now, yeah. the foreword for your book, Glimpses of Glory, was written by Derek Gilbert, and he's with Skywatch yeah. TV. Tell us a little bit about Derek Gilbert, and then we'll transition into The Great Delusion. Yeah, Derek Gilbert is an amazing man. He's got an encyclopedia brain. He's a brother, a dear brother. He and his wife, Sharon, are very dear to me, and I've known them now for a long time. I've been on Skywatch TV many, many, many times, and I've been with Derek and Sharon many times. And so I, I asked him, and I, anybody that I ever asked to do anything for my books, I always give them a way out you know, in case they think, well, I don't know. You've become a nut in your old age. I don't want my name attached to your stuff. I always give them a way out. I wrote Derek. I said, look, I'm going to send you this manuscript. It's in rough form, but could you please consider writing the forward? We've known each other for years. You know my heart. And I said, but please, brother, if you can't, for whatever reason, you don't have to give me a reason. You just just tell me you can't. And and doesn't affect our friendship, nothing. There, There's your way out, brother. And uh, he wrote me back the next day and said, oh, my gosh. He said, I was up reading it all night long. He said, yes, I'll write the forward for the book. So he writes this beautiful gracious, nice forward for it. And uh, 
but he's the host guy watching a deep, deep researcher and an encyclopedia brain and a best-selling author of his own right. He and his wife both. And uh, so, that's who they are, and that's how he got affiliated with the book. And they're with Skywatch TV and uh, The Great Delusion now, new product, new DVD uh, within the last couple of months, written by Tom Horn and Josh Peck, yeah. uh, produced by them as well. And you're you interviewed on here. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I've got the DVD in my hand. But it just sounds fascinating because the subtitle Thanks. is The Second Coming of Earth's Oldest Enemy. And there's a fas fascinating line here. And if we need to pick this up after the break, we will because we've only got two minutes left. It says, in 2017, official disclosure of UFOs began. Astute researchers predicted it over a decade in advance. What are they saying now? And so, Carl, just a little teaser into what your part was into The Great Delusion. Yeah, yeah, I I did a lot of interviewing, which means they probably used one minute of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for hours I interviewed by I don't know Skype or Zoom or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so they probably threw ninety eight percent of what I said away. I, I I just got the DVD the other day in the mail myself, so I haven't watched it yet. So I'm I'm almost afraid to wondering, you know. <laughs> but anyway, no, I've written about this so much, and and I'm very careful to say. I, I'm not dogmatic about it, but I think somehow some kind of 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 of, of awakening, a revelation mm. from the from the from the from the UFOs, from the from entities from other realms, which we know is demonic. It yep. is interdimensional. I yep. think that's going to be a part of the last day's great delusion somehow. I could be wrong. It could be worse than that, or it could be something totally different, but there's so much scriptural and historical evidence and current current event evidence to indicate something is building in that mm. realm. I that's agree. My teaser. Yep, that's your teaser. And, and perfect timing because we do have to take a break, but we don't do a lot of podcasts on this topic. And I just want to let our listeners know we interviewed Gary Kaw on UFOs, the occult, and this yeah. delusion. So we talked about unidentified flying objects and uh, what, what he says yeah. and what his thoughts were. A, a fantastic interview, by the way. But we'll talk about the great delusion. We have a couple articles coming up, including microchips, vaccine passport microchips. What do we think about that? Coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Carl Gallops. And uh, Carl, I, I want to move on uh, pretty quickly, but I do want to give you another opportunity. If there's something else you'd like to share about this DVD, The Great Delusion. I know you had a part, your part was the theological aspect maybe of UFOs and intelligent life or unintelligent life, or just the demonic realm actually, because that's what some believers are convinced. That's the, when you talk about UFOs, some people say, well, those have to be spirits. So if you'd just like to, you know, give your thoughts on that and we'll move on. Yeah. Okay, I will. And I got to say this for your audience, just a little tidbit. So David and I talk off air <laughs> in the commercial break, and both times we've done it, um, I'm still running my trap, and I hear David say, okay, we're back with Carl Gass. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I hope that didn't go out over the air. No, people don't hear that. <laughs> it's okay, funny. They don't, the behind-the-scenes yeah. truth about yeah. radio. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like we're reverting back to our old days. We're not back there cussing or anything. It's just that, I mean, we just get deep, you know, and, and I say, now, I'm not going to say this over the air, but, and then I hear you say, well, here's Carl Gallup. So I said, well, maybe I did just say it over the yeah. air. No, they didn't uh, hear that. Anyway. 
Yeah. Okay. 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 Good for you. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. And again, I've written books of this. I've done so many interviews and now a part of this documentary. And so I could talk about it for hours. Can you imagine that as shy as I am that I could talk about something hard to believe? It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) My wife says so too, but anyway, here's the deal. Um, uh, I am one of those who is convinced that, you know, the the unidentified flying object phenomena. Now, yeah, I could go into this. There's some of these things we have identified that used to be unidentified. I'm talking about mm. the residual called okay. UFOs, residual unidentified flying objects. That is, those that cannot be explained mm. by the natural. Even these videos that came out in, in you know, about a decade ago, and now they've made their way into the news again as all of this ramps up these videos that the Navy has been collecting for so long. I mean, these are residual UFOs. That is, they're not explained by anything else. And what they are doing right before the eyes of Navy pilots and, 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 you know, uh, aircraft carriers and their occupants and, and the commanding officers, they're watching this stuff and they're, and, and it's documented just so much of it is on video and you hear their testimonies and these papers they've written. And a lot of those, there's intrigues. Some of those have gone missing and, you know, helicopters landing on the, uh, you, uh, on the aircraft carrier decks and, 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 you know, these high ranking government officials collecting the documents and wishing, whooshing them off into the air. I mean, it's like something out of some kind of a movie, mm. but this stuff is documented. It's actually happening. And and um and it, and they're residual because they can't be explained they are actually breaking the laws of physics that's their words the people that have seen these things and have reported on them and a lot of this has made its way to mainstream media i mean fox news has reported and they've brought some of these pilots and these uh, people on and and it, anyway there's a whole intriguing story by it and think about it back when hillary clinton was running against donald trump she and Podesta, who was her uh, uh, campaign director, mm-hmm. they were promising the public, if you will elect us, we will tell you, we will release uh, the UFO information. And Podesta actually said in an interview, yeah, we think America's probably ready to handle this now. We think the world is ready. To-. I mean, they were wow. teasing like that all during. Well, of course, she didn't win. And then people started asking Trump because we know well, Trump, we know you'll look at it. But the thing is, whatever they're is the powers that be kept a lot of stuff from Trump. I'm, I'm just positive. But, and, and he basically said that without saying it several times, but the point is we are being groomed somehow for something, Hmm. you know, I mean, it's like so many people are, are, are just certain that this whole vaccine paranoia and the political weaponization of it, uh, regardless of whether the vaccine's good or not, the political weaponization of it seems to be, a grooming process for what we all know Revelation 13 and 14 talks about the Antichrist days, the mark of the beast, etc. Well, a lot of people think all of this mania about UFOs with politicians of the most powerful nation on the planet that the planet has ever seen, the United States of America, the new number one nuclear hyperpower. We're way beyond superpower status. And we are promising the public in elections. Then we will we will give you the information about UFOs because we now think you, the little children that are under us, can handle it. I mean, brother, there's something going on that's yeah. deep, dark, occultic, demonic, 
And I'm just convinced somehow some kind of major deception is going to be employed in the last days that has something to do with some entity from other worlds that are going to tell us, you know, that we're here. Uh, we're 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 from the government of the universe, and uh, we're here to help. You know, yeah. and when the people are crying out, "Finally, peace and safety," the Bible says that's when sudden destruction yeah. is going to come. So, so I'm just convinced it's all tied together. Okay, fascinating. Now you said something that's going to transition well into the next article. I'm from the government. I'm here from help. I'm here to help. Let's talk about Anthony Fauci. <laughs> no, I'm here from hell. That's what you said. I'm, I'm here from hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so Anthony Fauci slip, recently but... said he believes the virus crisis will never come to an end, and he said this quote: "We're going to have to start living with COVID." On Face the Nation, which I believe it's on CBS um, yesterday, he said, I believe that's the case, and I don't think we're going to eradicate it. So, of course, Fauci has ulterior motives behind wanting to prolong the pandemic. And here's how people are reacting. Biden announced plans to combat COVID-19 through the winter, including stricter testing, including those entering the U.S., and let's go back to the beginning of this article. People are getting vaccine passport microchips embedded in their hands as COVID advances. Um, so, Pastor Carl, your thoughts on this. Now, this talks a little bit more about Sweden and how people are willingly, not forced by government, people are opting to implant microchips with their vaccine passport information into their hands uh, and that's on the rise. So, Pastor Carl, your your thoughts to me that in America, this is a very concerning time. Yeah. How long do we have? Um, Ten minutes. Okay. Well, uh, not not disparaging Sweden or the Swedish people, but of course they would. <laughs> uh, they've been socialist for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. you, you know, they've 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 been conditioned for you know government tell us what to do and we'll do it. And uh, so, of course, they would. But um, I'm going to do a tongue-in-cheek thing here and say, look, here's how you get around vaccine passports and vaccines, et cetera. Um, leave the country, uh, come back in for the southern border as an illegal alien, and um, you won't yeah. have to get a vaccine, you won't have to get a passport, you won't have to wear a mask, you won't have to be tested most of the time. And, uh, and it's tongue-in-cheek, but yet it's true, and it's, it's enraging and infuriating yes. to so many Americans. There are people by the millions all over the United States that are losing their jobs or having to quit their jobs because they refuse to take an experimental drug mm -hmm. that they just don't want to or don't need to. Or the, Some of them, even their own doctors, have said, do not do this when you're health conditioned. You don't, and then their employer says, we don't care what your doctor says. We don't care what the governor of Florida says. We don't care what uh, we, you're going to get it or we're firing you. I mean, this just dystopian, uh, surreal weaponization of a, quote, vaccine, which is really not a vaccine. They've literally had to change the definition of vaccines yes. with this COVID thing. Yes, they did. Um, and, and, and for the purpose of, of basically uh, <laughs> turning America into some kind of socialist, communist kind of uh, uh, you know, lifestyle rather than a constitutional republic. Well, that's so, the goal. Of course it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, the Great Reset. Yeah. And and for those of us that know the Word of God, we still, as humans living in this fallen world and living in this realm of reality, we're disheartened. We're kind of like a lot living in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Peter says he was vexed in his righteous heart, mm. watching the evil surrounding him. 
every day. Hmm. And that's how we are. We're like the children of Israel living in Babylon. Yes. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they did their best. They put a smile on their face. They were obedient to their to the government and just they knew this was their life. And what else are you going to do? You can't get in a spaceship, quote, <laughs> and leave the earth, yeah. uh, you know, until the Lord calls you home. What can you do? So they were doing it, but they were just constantly battling the system of godlessness mm. and the threats and the and the attacks on them and the attempts to kill them. And and, and so we find ourselves living in Babylon, in Sodom yes. and Gomorrah. Yeah. Again, just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot. And so, What's you know, I don't think the vaccine is the mark of the beast. No. It doesn't match that, but it certainly seems to be a grooming process. And that's how Satan always works. Well, absolutely. Because like I said, an important point to recognize, and it's happening to some degree in America, that they are not generally being forced to, at this point to take this. And there are some people even in America saying, sure, I would get a chip implanted if I wouldn't have to carry my debit card or, or my COVID information or my papers, right? Show us your papers. One important point you made, Pastor Carl, the southern border, there's a reason that they aren't requiring or putting restrictions on those who are coming over illegal or coming across the border and letting them in. Also, look at our inner cities and those who are impoverished. There are uh, food homeless shelters and there are food banks and there are places that are trying to help American citizens who desperately need it, not only this time of year, but throughout throughout the year. And yet we are allowing people, they were giving them free health care if they come across the border and on and on and on. So to a lot of people, Carl, it is potentially infuriating because it's not right. But it just doesn't seem well, like we're making any progress for those in need in our own country. I, I say it's a planned invasion. Yes, it it's, is. I mean, it's by the, by the socialist communist elite. I could be wrong. It's at least that. And, I mean, it's that, and at least it's a just a, an, a continued attempt to divide the American public against itself. Hmm. And, and, I, I mean, yep. that, but 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 for those of us that know the Word of God, you know, we're like Lot. We're living in the middle of it. We're vexed in our hearts. But if we know the Word of God. None of these things should surprise us That's because right. the Bible tells us these things are going to happen. Mm. And this kind of division and deception and truth being thrown to the ground and lawlessness prevailing. And, you know, and Jesus said in the very last days, some people will be even die of heart attacks just looking at the world around them. They will faint. And, and that word in the Greek means they would die, mm. uh, you know, and their hearts will fail them. Jesus said men's hearts will fail them. Um, we're, listen, the National Institute of Health, I think I've said this on your program before, I've seen the document, got the document, got it marked, I've read it from my pulpit, I've been all over media with it, I don't have it in my possession today, so I'll have to just um, just paraphrase it, but it's at the National Institute of Health a year ago published a, a big research saying that the fear of death mm. is now a global pandemic and they said it's tied directly to COVID-19 which by the way has a 99.8% survival rate yeah. but there's a global epidemic now of the fear of death that this disease is going to kill us all and which is causing in their words quote this is their words mental disease hmm. that is out of control well what does the bible say about the last days depravity of mind god's going to give the earth over to a depraved mind mentally diseased minds mm. be, be, because they're they're not sealed with the holy spirit they're not born again they're they're 
they're walking around in fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2. There's a whole paragraph that speaks of, look, the fear of death is Satan's greatest weapon. That's how he controls the world. And the next sentence, and I'm paraphrasing, says, but Jesus Christ has freed us from that. Mm. We are not under the fear of death that's if right. we are in Jesus Christ. So amen. That's, that's what's happening, brother. Big amen. And uh, it, it's fascinating. Yeah, fear. The church, we obviously have not been given a spirit of fear, but it's interesting that Bible Gateway, I think, last year, uh, in 2020, I should say, not 2021, in 2020, the most downloaded or shared Bible verse is Isaiah 41.10, which says, Fear not, I am with you. And then it goes on. But this idea of we want to, of course, be free from fear, but yet it's inflicting our country, but we've got to be careful that it doesn't come into the church any more than it already has. Pastor Carl, in the last uh, minute, minute and a half that we have here, um, your advice at, to, and your encouragement to believers to try to keep that those sights set straight ahead on, of course, Jesus Christ, but through this Christmas season, that we would not fall for some of this delusion and the distractions that the enemy would, would try to bring at us and the division that he's already trying to stoke. Right. But yeah, I, I do, and I, I've said this many times and in many different ways, and probably some of it I've said on your show before, so let me just say, listen, what's going to happen prophetically and biblically is going to happen. You know, and I hate to use this worn-out phrase, it is what it is. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that we give up. No, to the, to the contrary. We're the salt. We're the light. We are That's to right. stay engaged. We are to occupy until he comes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, I mean, we are the ambassadors of the kingdom. We are the Noahs of our day. We're the Lots of our day, the Deborahs and the, and the Esthers of our day for, for the women. I mean, that's who we are. God has raised us up for such a time as this. Amen. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 17 says God's placed the people where he wants them so that we will give him praise. And so here we are. It's our day. Let's use it for the glory of Jesus. Pastor Carl Gallops, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for your time, brother. Same to you. Thank you so much, Dave. All right. You're welcome. Tomorrow, Pastor Tim Thompson, he's, his book, Awake, America's Final Great Awakening. We've got Chad Davidson, Good Fight Radio on Wednesday, John Haller Thursday, Jay Warner Wallace on Friday. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.